Welcome to the Drive Deeper Podcast, where we gather together on your morning commute to dive deeper into the scripture and give you a word to meditate on the rest of the day so that you can walk closely with the Lord during your busy week. Today we're going to be back in the Gospel of Mark in chapter 10. We're diving deep into this passage There's a lot to take out of it. And so yesterday, we focused on what it meant to have the DNA of a child to be be dependent upon our Heavenly Father, to be near to Him, and to adore Him. Today, we're going to be focusing on something that I'm going to call incarnational becoming. We are to live our lives in such a way that our lives model what Jesus did in taking on flesh and becoming like us. And in doing so, this enabled him to genuinely experience and understand humanity and then give his life for us so that he might save us. So when we follow Jesus, he tells us that if anyone wants to come after him, they must deny themselves daily and pick up their cross and follow him. In denying ourselves, we think of the Lord and others before ourselves. So what does it mean to be willing to become like others, to display love to them, to display the gospel to them so that we might build them up, so that we might encourage them, so that we might bless them, and so that some might be saved? This is actually what Paul says that he seeks to do in his ministry. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 9 starting in verse 19. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I might share with them in its blessings." So Paul, in order to reach people with the gospel, is willing to become like all people, no matter who they are, no matter what their circumstances are, because to him, his most important mission is reaching people with the gospel. So he is willing to become at any cost. This is incarnational becoming. And this is what we see that the rich young ruler is unwilling to do. We'll pick up in verse 17. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, 
what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all of these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to the disciples, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said to them again, Children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. So when I've read this passage before, what I focused on was the rich young ruler's greed, the rich young ruler's idolatry. He was willing to obey the Lord when it came to the commandments, but his heart was ensnared by comfortability, by the things of this world. He would rather have riches now than in heaven. And this is true. This does show that he is a greedy man. This does show that his wealth is an idol because he puts it before the Lord. But what really stuck out to me this time in reading Mark chapter 10 for the last few weeks over and over again and really soaking up the context is his unwillingness to become like the poor. In the passage before this, Jesus says, you knowledgeable adults need to become like children. Later on in this very passage, which we'll talk about tomorrow, Jesus says the first will be last and the last first. James and John at the end of this chapter want to sit next to Jesus when he ushers in the kingdom of God at his right hand and his left. But he says to them, are you willing to become like me? Are you going to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the same baptism that I'm baptized? He's speaking of his death. He says, the great ones become the servants of all. Those who are first become the slaves of all people because even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So in this passage, we see a person who is one of the first He is rich. He has what the world wants. And he is unwilling to become last in order to help the least. He is unwilling to become a servant of the poor in order to love his neighbor as himself. Do you notice how Jesus doesn't mention that in this passage? In Matthew 22, when Jesus is asked, 
what is the great commandment in the law, he says this, Matthew 22, 37 through 39. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. The rich young ruler in not murdering, in not committing adultery, in not stealing, in not bearing false witness, in not defrauding, and in honoring his father and mother really doesn't have to give up much. He may have had to humble himself in order to honor his parents, but in all of the don't do's, he just has to restrain himself. When Jesus says, I want you to love me with your whole heart by placing me above your idol, which is your wealth, and I want you to do this by loving your neighbor as yourself through selling your possessions and giving it to the poor, he says, I can't do it. I have too much. He refuses to become like the poor. He refuses to serve them, to sacrifice for them, and to be like them, to step out of his position of wealth and power and to become like one of them by letting go of everything he has. And as a result of this, because he was unwilling to let go of these things, he rejects the greatest treasure that he could ever have, which is Jesus, the person he's speaking with, who's standing right before him. And what we need to remember as well is that when we give something up for Jesus, it's not like it's like, oh, well, thanks for doing that. Thanks for the sacrifice. You know, I'll come back when I need some more stuff from you to give to others. No, this isn't it at all. Let's remember that God is the one who has given us everything. He doesn't need anything we have, but he gives to us for the purpose of us not keeping it for ourselves, but blessing others with it so that he, through us, can work in the lives of others, not because he needs us, but because he desires for us to be a part of his mission. And we have to also remember that God is not a taker. He gives these things to us, once again, not for us just to keep them to ourselves, but in giving them away, he promises to reward us, both in this age and in the age to come. But we're going to talk about that tomorrow. So what I want you to focus on today is, are you willing to become like others? How does the message of incarnational becoming pierce your heart? What are you clinging on to? What are you unwilling to release? In what areas of your life are you unwilling to step down and become like others? It's going to be different for each of us, but I pray that you would search out your own heart and see how you can love God more fully with your heart, soul, and mind by loving your neighbors as yourself far better than you're doing now. 
I know this is what is stirring my heart in this passage, and I, I hope that you as well are seeing the need to love better by becoming like others. Where have you drawn the line in the sand when it comes to your willingness to sacrifice for others and obey God completely, to live fully for Him? We are to have the mindset of Christ. Philippians 2 says that Jesus, who is in the very form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Do you realize that the eternal son of God, who was given the name Jesus when he was born into this world, has equality with God the Father, and yet he did not grasp onto this. But he considered the Father before himself. And he considered you and he was willing to become human, to lower himself, to step down out of heaven. And instead of being found in the radiant glory that he had throughout all eternity, he veiled that in his flesh and was found in the likeness of man. But it wasn't just the incarnation. It didn't stop there. Jesus was willing to lose all to the furthest extent and to be humiliated throughout his earthly ministry as he's rejected and most completely at the cross as he is crucified on a Roman cross, one of the most brutal and humiliating forms of execution that have ever existed. Jesus is willing to go that far. There was no line that he drew. He was willing to become and obey to the furthest extent out of love for the Father and out of love for you. So where is the line that you've drawn in the sand? What have you so far refused to give over to the Lord? What are the things that you've refused to become? Erase the line. Humble yourself before him. Give yourself fully to him. Be fully committed to becoming like Christ by incarnationally becoming like others. <laughs>